As I'm recording this, I just finished watching The Proposal uh, starring Ryan Reynolds and uh, Sandra Bullock. And I, I'd seen it before, like many years ago. And I remember the end really striking me in some way, but I, I couldn't remember exactly why. But suddenly it all came back to me um, after having watched the movie again just now on Disney+. Plus. So, you know, big spoiler alert, but um, Sandra Bullock plays this um, big-time New York book editor who has this um, assistant, basically, uh, named Andrew, played by Ryan Reynolds. Um, Sandra Bullock's character's name is, is Margaret. And basically, Margaret is about to be deported to Canada because of an outstanding uh, immigration issue. And so, basically, to, to try to avoid a deportation, um, she kind of blackmails Andrew into marrying her as, as sort of a sham wedding, right? So that's what the movie is basically about. Um, and so, um, as, as the movie goes, like, basically, they, they make the weekend trip to, um, this weekend trip to Alaska to meet Andrew's family. And um, at the very end, uh, Margaret just calls out the wedding because she doesn't want to hurt Andrew, and she certainly doesn't want to hurt um, his family. But it just so happens that over the course of those couple of days, they, they actually fell in love. And so this gives rise to this really climactic scene at the end of the movie where uh, Andrew flies to New York, where uh, Margaret is, is packing up her stuff, getting ready to be deported. Um, and he basically confesses his, his love for her, right? Which uh, in turn like, allows her to publicly express his, uh, her, her love for him. But the way it plays out, it's, it's really beautiful. So first of all, there's this funny line where uh, Ryan Reynolds' character says, you know, Margaret, I, I want to marry you so I can date you. So it's actually pretty clever. Um, but then in response, um, there's this moment of hesitation and vulnerability on the part of Sandra Bullock's character. And so, you know, we find out partway through the movie that um, um, Sandra Bullock, uh, her character, has, has been alone for, for several years. She's never had a, a tangible sense of, of family since age 16. So a lot, a lot of family wounds and brokenness and, and whatnot. And, and obviously the time spent with Andrew's family, so she says they're, they're so wonderful and loving and whatnot, um, this experience kind of awakens the memory of these past, these past wounds. And so anyways, in the wake of, of Andrew's proposal, um, you know, Margaret has this moment of hesitation and, and, and she kind of says, well, you know, I, I've been alone for so long um, and I'm kind of comfortable in that space and so maybe it'd be easier if I just kind of basically stayed alone. And then in this delicious um, moment, what, what happens is that um, Ryan Reynolds' character um, receives what she says, but then leans in and says, yeah, it would be easier. And implied in, in his response is like, yeah, it would be easier, but you know, we don't want to do what's easy. We want, we want to do what's right, even though it might uh, require work. You know? And um, with that, they, they kiss and they kind of you know, live happily, happily ever after. And with that, the movie ends. So anyways, like I... Like, I, I've just seen the movie, right? And um, I, I was watching it, and all the memories kind of came back of, of the beauty of that ending. And I was just kind of bawling my eyes out. So I thought, oh, I better record a video for the good people in cyberspace, you know? And, um, and I guess what the whole thing kind of reminded me of, um, in particular, actually, was um, this encounter between, you know, Jesus and St. Peter um, in the aftermath of the resurrection, right? So... You know, as you know, Peter denies the Lord three times at the Last Supper after having boasted that he would never deny him. Um, the Lord dies, but then he comes back from the dead. But what's interesting is that if you do the math, um, you know, for, for the longest time, even though Christ has come back from the dead, and even though Peter is supposed to be his right-hand man, um, they don't actually talk. And in particular, they don't talk about um, his denial of the Lord three times again on that particular occasion of, of Holy Thursday, right? So, so Peter, what he does is kind of interesting. Um, he goes back fishing, 
And you remember, before being called by the Lord, he was a fisherman. And so the question is, why does he go back fishing? If you read between the lines, it's, it's not because he wants to go back to being a fisherman. It's because he feels like he has no choice. You know, I have betrayed the Lord in a really grievous sort of way. It was a serious thing, right? A personal betrayal and denial of the Lord. And yeah, what's what's worse, I, I, I claimed at the Last Supper that I would never deny him, even if all the other disciples did. Uh, and, and on top of that, I'm, I'm supposed to be the rock of the church. I'm supposed to be the first pope. And so um, that kind of adds to the gravity of, of my denial of, of the primacy of Christ, right? And so, yeah, so given all that, he feels like, you know, like I have no choice but to go back to my previous life, pre-call, pre-conversion, pre-great vocation, right? And, and before we get to Christ's response, I mean, just to kind of pause and realize how often we, we feel precisely like we're living in that space, you know, where you feel the, the, the shame and, and the guilt and the weight of your sin, your personal betrayal, and, and like, yeah, maybe it's true, right? Like, I denied the Lord. I betrayed the Lord. I sinned against the Lord, right? And you feel like, okay, well, I guess all the old promises are over, right? I have no choice, if you will, but to go back to my, you know, pre-conversion life. And so maybe I, I indulge in all these kind of worldly things, not because I want to, but because you know, again, I feel like I have no choice. The Lord doesn't want anything to do with me. I'm sure of it, right? Now you go back to the gospel. How does the Lord respond, right? So first of all, it's kind of interesting. He he invites um, St. Peter to bring up um, the sins, you know. So there's a threefold denial. And so uh, in response, you know, the Lord uh, invites him to make the, the threefold affirmation of love. You know, you remember, um, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And same thing with the charcoal fire, right? Like where else do you find in the gospel a charcoal fire? Uh, the only other time, besides this conversation now about do you love me, the only other time is when Peter denies the Lord three times, right? So, um, yeah, like the Lord is, is intentionally evoking the memory of Peter's threefold denial. Now, here's what's interesting. Not to shame him, not to humiliate him, but to allow him to, to bring the inside out, to, to name um, the wound of his heart, even though that, that wound is corresponding to the wounds that he's, he's caused Christ the Lord, such that you know, Peter might know that, okay, now I forgive you for precisely this thing which you think keeps you back from deep intimacy with, with me and with God the Father and, and the whole nine yards, right? And of course, that's what happens in the sacrament confession. That's, that's why it's very important for us to name our sins. It's almost like naming our demons and, you know, to use the, the language of, of, of exorcism, right? So you name your demons which are kind of keeping you captive and by the grace of God, through his death, through his resurrection, um, he, he gives us a clean slate. He wipes away our sins and allows us to get back from this place where we're simply fishing or kind of living in, in the pre-conversion life, right? And so it's a really great lesson for all of us, you know? So many times we're living in the space of St. Peter and his fear or, you know, Sandra Bullock's character in The Proposal where it's just like, you know, gosh, I, you know, I, I feel like I have no choice but to be alone in my shame, um, not because I want to, but because it, it seems safe. But in that moment, like, remember the words of Christ, right? Come to me, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. In other words, I confirm you in your original call because, again, through the Paschal mystery, your sins have been, have been wiped clean, right? Or, again, go back to the language of the proposal, right? Um, yeah, it would be easier in a certain sense to, to go back to your pre-conversion life, to go back to being alone and, and uh, isolated and sad and empty and all those things. It is harder in a certain sense to get up, to try again, to receive the grace of forgiveness. But at the same time, like that's actually what corresponds 
to the deepest desires of the human heart. Again, not unlike St. Peter, we don't really want to go back fishing, if you will, right? Not that there's anything against fishing. Hopefully you see the symbolism behind it, right? We don't want to go back to our old lives. And so realize that Christ's, his desire for you corresponds to your deep desire for yourself. What you really want is to turn the page, to own the fresh start given to you by Christ and to start again. And maybe that's something you need to do over and over again. But, you know, that's what it means to be a disciple. That's what it means to be human to try again, to not give up, to never give in to a sense of despair, but realize that no matter what, God always extends to you the offer of a fresh start and the extended promise of eternal life and happiness with Him.